go to Randy now in Edmonton. Hello, Randy, you're on the air. Good morning, Shay. Hi. Um, I'm conflicted. I'm way beyond lost patience, way beyond frustrated. Mm -hmm. And I think people are missing um, the most important part. When I raise my children, like you, we teach them as best we can. I've always taught them that they get to make a decision, either yes, no, right, wrong, left, or right. But with that decision comes accountability, responsibility, and sometimes repercussions. And people are missing what's going on here. The problem has been individual choice. People are choosing not to comply, not to do the things that are are right for society. I got the job as soon as I could, right? So did my wife. And I'm not asking you to get the job, but I'm asking if you don't get the job, stay away from people. Keep the two leaders. Put the mask on. Your decision to not have the job, okay. But then you have to comply with the other um, processes that make it safe for everyone. And we're all missing that. Everyone's blaming. They're, they're, they're blaming the, the government or they're blaming uh, Dr. Henshaw, all of these, All these people, they're just as lost as we are. They're, they, they're experts, but we've never experienced anything like this True. ever. Right, so to 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 take the the, um, the rear view mirror look and say, well, it's all their fault. They should have done this. They should have done that. Now, what we're it's their fault. No, it's not. It's our individual responsibility, and therein lies the problem. People are choosing not to be considerate of the rest of society. Yeah. I hear you, Randy. Thanks very much. Um, yeah, it's the frustration, right? You can hear the frustration and. Yeah, it, it, there, there are choices and there's consequences. We've talked about all that, and um, we, we know we're, this, this is where we are. This is where we are now, so we got to deal with it. Let's go to Pat now in Edmonton. Hi, Pat, you're on the air. Hi, thank you, Shay. Great show. Um, I'm going to make the points and then hang up. First off, um, I think what's happened uh, up to this time, uh, Premier Kenny has not demonstrated that he has put Albertans first. He appears not to have the integrity or the courage to do that. I do not honestly think this is a reflection of all conservatives, but I do think we have the wrong man in this job, not unlike what happened in the United States. Secondly, I would like to say that we, uh, as a province, need to accept whatever help is available from the federal government, again, putting politics aside. Mm -hmm. We need to look after each other, and how we do that is with more staff, appropriately trained staff, and whatever equipment we need. We also, I think, I would ask the media, and I know this is, you know, a, a controversial topic, but I would ask that we do not cover the rallies, the demonstrations at the hospitals. I think we are feeding the beast. Uh, these people want their 30 seconds, and unfortunately, we give them that. And finally, my point is with regard to the apology by Dr. Hinshaw. I respect Dr. Hinshaw and her, her training and her education and the work that she's done. What I question is her apology and the background to it. Was Dr. Henshaw providing our premier with the appropriate information and he was manipulating it for his benefit? I don't know. Or was Dr. Henshaw, by her preparation and her experience, ill-prepared? 
I don't think so, because I think she would be on daily conferences with her colleagues uh, across the nation, perhaps across the world. Okay, if I got, she, got you, Pat. If she was ill-prepared, then perhaps we should look at another chief. But I think these are some of the... Uh, the questions that need to be answered, but we have to deal with the situation at hand. in due time. I think you're right, Pat. I think there's going to be a lot of questions that we need to answer, and there's going to be a lot of um, intense scrutiny into everything that was done, and they're damn well better, Blake, because if this happens again, I'm assuming it won't happen in my lifetime. I pray it doesn't happen in my lifetime, but for your kids and your grandkids, they keep telling us there's going to be another pandemic. If we don't learn from what we did and didn't do this time around, we're fools. It's a learning opportunity of nothing else. Let's go to Nash now. Hi, Nash. You're on the air. Hey, I just wanted to say that, uh, I mean, I agree with the other the other caller there. We talked about it being personal accountability. Yeah. And I think that all this, um, with the apologies and everything else, is uh, is a real distraction from what what's important. Um, I mean, we can talk politics all day about it and blame Kenny and blame Hinshaw and blame whoever we want. But until you can convince people... Uh, what the best thing to do for them individually is I don't know how you change anything because they only will react to what's right in front of them. I don't. And in, in, in rural Alberta here, we don't see we don't see hospitals overflowing. Like we, I had to go to the hospital for something different on Sunday. I went up there, saw a doctor, left. You know, everything seemed fine. Mm-hmm. And so, if you were to base everything on that, you would think you know the hospitals aren't overwhelmed. There's no issue. Right. So I don't know how you how you show people. <laughs> that it's as serious as it is, because as long as it doesn't look like that in front of your face out here, uh, they're going to say, you know, they're going to quote the survival rate. They're going to talk about yeah, yeah. how I don't want to be forced to do it. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, honestly, I don't know how, how you educate people that don't want to be educated. I, I don't know, Nash. I think you make a really good point. I think um, and it's not just rural areas. I don't think it's just rural people who say... Uh, I mean, I hear from people all day, every day that the EHS is cooking the books, and it's really not that bad. I hear it all the time. I got a text today saying, oh, it's not that bad. Come on. You know, they're canceling all these surgeries. If they're canceling thousands of surgeries, where would those patients have gone? We don't have thousands of... I mean, there's constantly people that will say, it's not true, it's not true. Uh, And you're right. You know, we've talked about how this virus is the reality, and sooner or later, we all run into it. The reality will stand up and smack you in the face, and that drives home the point, as you say, Nash, for some people, but... Uh, it's not just rural. There's a lot of people who just don't believe this. They don't believe that this is really an issue, despite what we're seeing in our healthcare system right now. Okay, Kim in Calgary, you're on the air. Hi, Kim. Hi. Um, actually, I've got a weird question and then a comment or observation. Anyway, the weird question is, if the UCP were sending out um, requests for donations prior to this latest change, suggesting that if you liked their policy about not putting in a vaccine um, passport, that you should donate money, isn't that, like, technically a bribe? Uh, I mean, you can call it that. I guess it's, I mean, I understand which I mean, a lot of people have called it coercion, extortion, bribery, all those sorts of things. I mean, the government calls it an incentive. Okay. And then my observation is, if you think how the UCP was formed, there was a bunch of splinter groups that all broke off and they all formed their own parties, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, they all got brought together and Jason Kenney became their leader. And it's like, now that the party's over and there's serious business to do, how can we expect them to agree when they, they were all a bunch of incohesive groups of people to begin with? Well, I think, uh, I think that's the next shoe to drop, Kim. Um, I think I, I'll, I know 
I know, I mean, some of them have been publicly spoken. Um, some of the Conservatives that are in government, um, Todd Lowen uh, and Drew Barnes, were both out publicly yesterday saying this is a disaster, this is a mistake. Um, those fractures will get deeper within the UCP party. And that's the line Jason Kenney has been walking, right? Hold the party together uh, as long as you can, do what you can, but at some point, as he said yesterday, human life outweighs everything. So he had to take this plunge, but he knows, he knows there will be UCP MLAs who will fillet him for this, and he will lose their support. He knows that, so that's why I think it took so long to get here. All right, 780-496-0063, Back to your calls. We have Peter in Calgary now. Hi, Peter, you're on the air. Hi. Hi. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for calling. What's up? Well, I'm thinking, you know, the father that uh, he's been called to the school because his son was... Uh, the mask thing, yeah. Well, used, yeah, and... I hope the father goes easy on the son. Um, it, it, that, that just absolutely shows how stupid this whole thing has become. Well, what if the that, teacher that, legitimately has a medical exemption? That's fair. and that, That's fair. But look at it from that young boy's uh, uh, point of view. Right. Grade 8, grade 9, something like that. Uh, he's looking at this as, you know, the whole world is pretty... Uh, uh, Messed up. Two-faced. Yeah, no kidding. And he doesn't have COVID, and he thinks this whole thing is uh, is is stupid. And and now what's going to happen to him? How is he going to be disciplined? Yeah, I I know. And and and, and how is he going to look forward? You know, I I mean it, it's it's absolutely stupid from his point of view, and he is correct. Um, you know, it, it it's just unfair to the young boy. I hear you. Because okay. are we going to ask all of society now to bend down to the COVID God? Yeah. Yeah, I think we are, Peter. For a little while, anyway. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 that's the point that we're at. You know, um, I, I think the, the premier tried to cajole, he tried to persuade, he tried, he begged. <laughs> he straight up begged. And it didn't work. Um, you know, I mean, you can criticize the premier all you want. Was he late to act on this? I think so. Of course. I mean, for sure, he was. He was late to act on this. But um, it is what it is now. We can talk about what happened getting us here, but I don't think that does us any good. We got to talk about what we're going to do now. Let's go to Jared in Calgary. Hi, Jared. Hey, good morning, Shay. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling. What's up? Good. Hey, do you follow Brian Lilly on Twitter? I do. Yes. So, uh, for the listeners who don't know, he posted two tweets yesterday. Yeah, last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just before the, the announcement. The first one read, in 45 minutes, Alberta Premier at Jay Kenney will announce lockdown measures and a vaccine passport in an effort to battle COVID-19. There is unrest in caucus and several members will leave. Yep. Hearing some high-level cabinet ministers may go. Fascinating times. The next tweet reads, rumors about the future of at Jay Kenney as Premier are already out there. The whispers could turn into screens after this announcement. So yeah, my I, saw, I saw the tweets. Jay, so my question for you is, do you think Jason Kenney might be out as premier? Oh, um, you're asking me to purely speculate here, Jared. I think what Brian... I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that. Uh, I think, you know, what, what Brian Lilly was tweeting out last night is pretty well known, I think, for people who've been watching close. And we know the UCP, there's a lot of MLAs who will be furious that Jason Kenney did. Right. There's, there's no question, right? Will some of them leave? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but did Jason Kenney put his leadership of the UCP party on the line by doing this? Absolutely. No question about yeah. it. Yeah. 
And I'm, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if we might end up, I mean, it's, we're not going to see a leader cross the Russell no, we won't, you won't see that. We're not going to see a Daniel Smith thing happen here, but um, I wonder if there's going to be like a, a mass exodus to a different party. You know? I, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be surprised. I know that that yeah. caucus, as we've heard all the way along, Jared, has been really split on this, right? And really yeah. dug in. He's booted two of them out, three of them out already. Uh, two yeah. out from cabinet and one from uh, one lost her her portfolio for speaking out against the way he was handling it, um, saying he yeah. should have done more. And two were booted out for saying he should have done less. So, um, yeah. yeah, I, I well, it's it's going to be fascinating. There's there's no yeah, question. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think you only need seventeen of the caucus to 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 start like a non confidence vote or whatever, and he's already down to. 14, because you've kicked three out. <laughs> you kicked three out, exactly. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the numbers get thinner. Uh, I appreciate the call, Jared. Yeah, I think there, there's no question. I don't think we're privy to what's going on in the back rooms right now, but uh, that's why I said earlier that I think that was probably the toughest day uh, in Jason Kenney's political career, to have to do that. Um, and I th- and I think that should serve as a as an indicator to all of us just how dire things are, because there is no way on earth... Jason Kenney wanted to do what he had to do yesterday. He knows the ramifications of it. He knows the impact that it's going to have. He knows it puts his own political future in peril. There, there's no question about that. What, what political future has left, a lot of people would say. His, his popularity has dropped down to 30% from 65. He's a man on the ropes as it is. So he was clinging to life, and uh, he lost. probably had more opposition ramped up in that room than we know. Will it play out that way? I don't know. We'll see, but it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to watch. Let's go to Mary now. Hi, Mary, uh, in Calgary. You're on the air. Hi, Shay. I just want to say to your audience, there's a very emotional side to this. It's just not all blaming someone else for what happened. I recently lost my only daughter, and just recently since that, to COVID? I lost my remaining brother. So, yes, from COVID, you can't blame someone else. There's no way you can blame someone else for this kind of thing that happens. And people have to quit being so selfish. And, you know, that's it. Yeah. You know, there's a very emotional side to this thing. It's not all just me, me, me. I hear you, Mary. Um, I appreciate your call, and I'm, and I'm very sorry for your loss. Uh, that, that, that's heartbreaking to hear. But, um, you know, those messages are out there. It, it, it persuades some, maybe it can persuade some people to recognize the situation that we're in. I mean, people are dying here. That, that's, that's the situation that we're in. 24 Albertans died yesterday of COVID. 24. That's one an hour. I mean, is, and the, the, I'll get the response in the text line right in this, immediately. Immediately. Were her family members vaccinated? How old were they? Did they have comorbidities? Like that matters. Like that matters. Like that makes a difference. 